Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Jesus says, follow me. Why would we? Why would we follow some guy who lived 2,000 years ago, wore sandals and a toga, um, and us in 2019, educated, sophisticated? Why would we follow Jesus? Does it make any rational sense? If you're here this morning and you're looking into Christianity and you're exploring, you're on the edges of of Christian life and church life, then I invite you just to embrace and enter into this journey of why would we follow Jesus? If you've been a Christian for some time, I'd love for you to regarner that, that passion of what it means to follow Jesus and most importantly, why we follow him. Because if we don't get the why, we'll often won't go to the, to the how. Last week we explored, uh, we, we started this three-week series just looking at a very simple statement of Jesus where he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And last week we explored how Jesus is the way. And Who we follow will ultimately shape the way that we live our life. And if we follow Jesus, then he will will shape the way of our life. And one of the ways of Jesus' life was the way of love. And last week we explored how Jesus' love was an unhurried love. It was a love that was an observant love, an aware love, a love that had time for people, a love that put people ahead of an agenda. And he lived a very inspiring life in the way that he lived love. Well, this week we're going to move on to the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. And what does that hold for us in following Jesus? I hope by the end of this message... That might be a little bit clearer for you. But to kick off, to wake us all up, we're going to play a game of truth and false. So I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I say, is it true? Or or raise your hand if it's false. First one. And we'll see if anyone can actually get them all right. Are we doing okay here? Is this just hitting my beard? Okay, in space... Astronauts can't cry because the gravity won't let their tears flow. Hands up if you think that's true. Hands up if you think that's false. You're wrong. Astronauts can't cry. Uh, Okay, babies are born with kneecaps. True? False. Ah, you guys are smart, you know, about babies. Okay, Leonardo da Vinci designed the scissors. True? False. It's true. He designed scissors. How good is that? Um, Okay, a sneeze can travel at 160 kilometres an hour. True? False. Okay, you knew that one. How about one for me? 
Um, I've never broken a bone in my body. True? <laughs> I actually haven't. Um, but I probably should have said that this week, should I? Um, I went to a John Denver concert. True? False. I actually went to a John Denver concert. At um, the Horn Pavilion in about 1988 or something. Okay, I broke my daughter's arm. True? False. About even. Yeah, we were playing this game, you see. <laughs> I swear, we were just playing. And she just fell badly and she reminds me to this day that when she was eight years old, I broke her arm. I've never lived it down. Um, okay, last one. I was considered gifted in school. True? I like you. <laughs> False. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you stood up, Adrian. You didn't put your hand, your whole body went up. You know the truth. Jesus came to reveal truth. And the thing is, sometimes it's hard to decipher the truth. It really is. And so it's handy to have someone to help us to discern the truth. You know, what is the truth about life, about God, about eternity, about relationship, about meaning, about hope, about what is good, what is beautiful? Like what, where do we go to discern, discover the truth? We need someone to reveal it to us and it's wonderful that Jesus came to reveal truth. A year ago, Olivia, the daughter whom I broke her arm, um, needed, a, needed a car because she finished school last year and she was going to university this year in Sydney. And so we, were, we looked at a few different cars and we worked out what sort of model car we wanted. A, about a 10-year-old Toyota Corolla would be a pretty reliable car for her. So we started looking around at different vehicles up on the central coast where we lived and came down a couple of times to Sydney and couldn't find the right one. They were always uh, dinged up or just not in great condition. Now, there was a, we looked at one on, online and it looked fantastic. The photos were just brilliant. And I rang up. It happened to be a, a car yard on Parramatta Road. A, a very honest and reputable car yard. Apparently, like a small family business. And the photos all looked fantastic. It only had like 80,000 Ks on it. And so we said, um, you know, we asked all the questions. And he said, look, it's fantastic. It's immaculate. It was owned by an old lady. and only driven to the to church on Sundays, you know. <laughs> and so we, we, we drove down and we, I said to Liv, let's look around it and have a really good look first before we take it for a drive. And so I opened the bonnet up and I'm looking around and all the doors. And, and for me, it looked, it looked pretty good. And Olivia, who's like eagle eyes, she, she said, Dad, this doesn't look real good. And I said, what? It looks fantastic. And she opened the rear hatch up and where the hinges onto the hatch to the back of the top of the body, it was all these big pieces of rust that were just flaking up under the paint. And you could just see there was, it was just terrible. Like it had been painted up, but you could just see underneath it just started to lift. And it's like, whoa, that's, that's not good. <laughs> um, and so we went to the bloke and had a chat. And he goes, oh, I didn't know that was like that. 
Mm. Sometimes it's hard to discern the truth because people love to hide the truth. And that's why we get NRMA reports on our cars, right? Because we want to know if the owner's hiding anything when they're selling a car. We want to know the truth. It's the reason why Choice Magazine exists, right? Because they compare products so that we can know the truth. Because marketers just love to hide the truth. They love to say, oh, but you know, there's, there's no cholesterol in this, in this product um, and it's low carb. But they don't tell you about all the sugars or the fats or something. You know, like they, they tell us what we want to hear. In Jesus' day, the Pharisees and teachers of the law also loved to hide the truth. They were masters at hiding truth, especially around the whole area of religious practice. They loved to be the, the holders of all the laws. And so gee, when Jesus came, he came to reveal the truth. So he often upset a lot of the Pharisees and teachers of the law because where they were hiding the truth, he was revealing it. I'll give you an example. In Luke 6, we read this scene. Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath to do? To do good or to do evil? To save life or destroy it? That's a pretty good question, right? What is the right thing to do on a Sabbath? To save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss one another, with one another what they might do to Jesus. <laughs> and we know what they were planning, right? They were planning his death. Just go back to that slide again, please. Um, we might just leave that slides up as we move on rather than go back to the main slide. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says, the question he poses to them is, what's the Sabbath for? Is it to do good or to do evil, to save life or destroy it? It was prophetic, right? Because there, in the next verse, we see him saving a life in healing and then we see the Pharisees planning his destruction. Isn't that interesting? See, Jesus came to reveal the hearts of the Pharisees. He came to reveal the truth about religious practice, that the Sabbath is a day for doing good, for, for bringing freedom. And it's no wonder that Jesus was soon arrested because huh? he, kept, he kept annoying these Pharisees and these teachers of the law because he kept revealing the truth. He kept showing up with the NRMA report and saying, hold on, what you're saying, guys, there's rust in it. It's not the truth. This is the truth. And they got pretty annoyed with him. So eventually he ends up arrested and in front of Pontius Pilate in this famous scene. If you've ever seen Jesus Christ Superstar the Musical, they've got a whole song about it. So he's before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea, for stirring up a revolution, for claiming himself to be a king. And so we read these words in John 18. 
that we heard read so beautifully before. You're a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. And listen to these next words. These are profound. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Can I ask you a personal question this morning? Are you on the side of truth? Do you really want to know the truth? The truth about yourself? The truth about God? The truth about the world we live in? The truth about what's really important? Or do we just want to create our own truth? Do we want to create a truth that we find comfortable and that sort of works for our life choices? Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And see, this is what it means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is, is a decision to be on the side of truth. To actually want to know the truth. And therefore, Jesus says, because he has come to testify to the truth, then we will listen to him. We will actually take seriously what Jesus says. Because this guy who lived 2,000 years ago and walked around in a toga actually was the one who reveals truth to us. He testifies to the truth. And then Paul asks this question, what is truth? A great, deep, philosophical question that's still being debated in universities the world over. What is truth? Retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. You see, when Pilate asked what is truth, he didn't really stay around for the answer. Jesus said, I've come to testify to the truth. You know, anyone on the side of truth will listen to me. They're pretty confronting words, right? Pretty challenging words. So then Pilate just says, well, what is truth? As a way of, you know, he retorted, he pushed back. See, if I'm talking to my wife and I say to Carol, um, you know, is it true that you love me? And she says, what is truth? <laughs> I know I've got a problem, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> she wasn't really interested in the question in the first place. I've got a problem. But what a question. What is truth? What is truth? How would you describe it? I think it's very simple. Truth is accuracy of representation. That's what it is. If you're at home and you say to one of your kids, is there any chocolate in the cupboard, in the pantry? 
and they say yes, and you go there and there's chocolate in the pantry. He told the truth, right? There's accuracy of representation. If you borrow your daughter's car and you say to her, is there any fuel in the petrol tank? (laughs) Because often it's pretty low. And she says, yes, Dad, the tank is full. Well, did did she say the truth? I just need to jump into the car, and if the tank is full, it's, an, it's what she said. There's, if there's accuracy of representation that the tank is full, then that's true, right? If I say to you, do you have any money in your pocket? And you say yes, and you actually have money in your pocket, that's truth. See how simple it is? <laughs> it's just accuracy of representation. But in our day and age, people will try and convince us that Truth is an enigma. Now, what is true for you is true for you. And what is true for you is true for you. Well, see how that works with your fuel tank. Because truth is accuracy of representation. This, this, plur, this pluralistic society that we live in that just says, you know, truth is malleable, truth is changeable. Even scientists just make these statements that are just inconsistent with truth, with reality. See, truth is accuracy of representation. And Jesus came to reveal truth, to reveal accuracy. And why is truth so important? Because truth leads to knowledge. We can't get to knowledge without coming through the door of truth. See, knowledge is what we expect from our doctors, our mechanics, um, our engineers. It's what we expect of them. You see, if we, if we go to see a doctor, the, the reason why they're, they're a doctor, the reason why we trust them is that they simply know the truth about the, how the human body works. They just, they've just studied the truth. This is how it works. So if, you're, if your blood pressure is high and they take that with a little machine then there's a higher risk of you having a stroke. So therefore, give me this tablet, take that every day, and it'll lower your blood pressure. They just know, they know the truth about how the body works. Um, an engineer has knowledge. Why? Because they have applied the truth of the law of physics. Just the truth. They've studied the truth of the law of physics, and they've applied that into, their, into knowledge. Right? Knowledge is always truth applied. And so they know how to build this amazing structure called a bridge from this side to that side that carries us in our cars and doesn't fall down generally. Um, the odd one in Italy might. Um, <laughs> they're probably having you know, too, much, too much red wine or something while they're building the bridge. Um, and, and therefore we trust them because they've converted their truth into knowledge. We, we take our cars to the mechanic. Why? Because they just know the truth. The mechanic has studied the truth about how a car functions. You know, we wouldn't take our car to get services at a mechanic with a big sign at the front that says, we're really lucky in, in fixing cars. <coughs> Toss the coin. We, we actually trust them because we understand that they have come to know the truth about how cars work and they've converted that truth into knowledge. 
See, Dallas Willard, who is one of the, he's dead now, but he was one of the world's greatest theologians and philosophers, taught philosophy in UCLA for, I don't know, 40 years and taught theology at Fuller Seminary for just as many years. He writes this, reality is what you run into when you're wrong. And it's what you can count on when you're right. Reality, truth, is what you run into when you're wrong. And it's what you can count on when you're right. You didn't know you were coming to a philosophy class this morning, did you? But this is really important philosophy. Because it's theology. I'll give you, I'll give you an example of this. A few years ago, I was over in the States. I was attending a class... Um, and we were in, uh, I think we were in Malibu. We were staying at a retreat centre for two weeks. And one of the lecturers there is a guy called Trevor Hudson. In fact, he's, and he lives in South Africa. In fact, his daughter, Joni and James moved over here and are part of our congregation. They're not here this morning, I don't think, because they're over in New Zealand this week. But they attend our congregation here at Northside. Anyway, Trevor was one of the lecturers um, um, for, for this course. And one night, uh, Trevor and I decided that we'd go down into town to a restaurant out for dinner and, and catch up. And so I asked a mate, a, a mate um, uh, in, my, in my cohort if I could borrow his car and he threw me the keys and he, had a, he has a Dodge Ram. So the, the front of the car is like at, at, you know, where the curtains are and the back of the car is like where Adrian is. It's about that long, you know, <laughs> these massive cars. It was the compact version. Um, and so we drove down the hill, it's like the single lane, little, narrow lane road down the hill Went into the village um, um, and went out to a restaurant, had a great night. Uh, I, I swear I only had one, one beer, so, you know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't inebriated. Um, that, 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 that's important for the rest of the story. Um, we'd finished dinner, we'd talked until late, you know, we probably didn't leave until 11. And, uh, and then as we left, we, we, I pulled up onto the side of the curb, and it's like this at Malibu, if, you, if you've been there, it's this six-lane highway that just goes the whole coast. Um, and there wasn't a car on the road. And I knew that our retreat centre was just about a kilometre up the road and I'd turn left into the driveway. It was real close. So I came to the curb and I just turned left on the left-hand side of the road, right? And so we're driving along, and you're feeling like, you're feeling like someone out of a movie in these big, in these big trucks. And then, and like, because Trevor's from South Africa, it didn't tweak to him because they drive on the left as well. <laughs> so we're just cruising along on the left-hand side of the road. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, Trevor says, Hey, Angie, what are those lights coming towards us? And I'm like, it's strange. Why are those people on our side of the road? You know, there must have been a, like a red light that went green, so they're all coming, you know. And it's like, then all of a sudden, it tw- yeah, truth twigged. And Trevor goes, I think we're on the wrong side of the road. And I'm like, I think you're right. <laughs> it's at about 60 kilometres an hour. I swerved to the right as these cars were oncoming and uh, missed them. And fortunately, there were no cars on my side of the road, so I didn't clean them up either. And, um, and well, I, I learnt this principle. Reality is what you run into when you're wrong. And it's what you can count on when you're right. I came back and dropped the car off and he goes, how'd you go? Yep, no worries. <laughs> See, this is why truth is so valuable, because if we don't build our life on truth, we're going to run into a whole lot of things. So you can live your life your way, and you can try and discern the truth about life, relationships, the future, what is, what is meaningful, what is purposeful. 
You can read all sorts of gurus and New Age authors and self-help people. There's a myriad of people in this industry who will try and sell you the truth. But the reality is that truth is what you run into when you're wrong. And you're going to find at some point that building a life on anything else but the teachings of Jesus, you're going to come to grief. And isn't it wonderful that, that we can build our life on something that we, that, that, that we can count on? It's what you can count on when you are right. You see, Jesus said these words to the Jews who believed in him. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Again, another profound verse. If you hold to my teaching. See, this is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. To follow Jesus means that we will actually hold on to his teaching, which means we will live out his teaching. Then you will know the truth. You see, you can't separate just that last, those last five words. The truth will set you free. You hear that often. Truth will set you free. What precedes it is what allows that. And that's building our life on Jesus' teaching. Because Jesus came to testify to the truth. So building our life on Jesus' teaching is building our life on the truth. And when we live that out in our life, that becomes knowledge. Knowledge about how to do relationships. Knowledge about how to live in this world. Knowledge about what's really important and what isn't. Knowledge that informs every decision that we make. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from confusion. Free, free from being led this way and that way. Free from driving on the left-hand side of the road of life and being faced with the reality coming the other way. We don't need to make a car wreck of our life if we know the truth. See, truth is invaluable to found our life on because it, 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 it informs our knowledge about how to do life and how to do it well. The reason I follow Jesus is that Jesus is truth personified. My last point. There's an artist called Eric Christensen and he's the only known artist who's capable of hyper-realism with watercolour. Let's have a look at this image. Can you believe that that's watercolour? See, that's, a, that's a, an exact representation of a scene, isn't it? And it almost looks like a photo, yet it's watercolour. See, truth is accuracy of representation. And you'd say that this artist managed to capture the accuracy of representation. I would say that is a true painting of a scene. And the wonderful thing is that that is an image of Jesus. Well, not that actual image, but the metaphor. Because Jesus is the accurate representation 
of God. In Hebrews 1.3 we read, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So when we look to Jesus, we actually are looking to the truth. He's a true and accurate and exact representation of God. Isn't that wonderful? We don't have to second guess what God is like, his nature, his character. Now, when you ask yourself a question, you know, would God do this or why would God do that? Well, just go to the Gospels and get up front and close and personal with Jesus and just see the way that he behaved, the way he interacted. And he gives us a clear and accurate and truthful picture of God. That's why it's, he says, I am the way and I am the truth. Why? Because he's an exact representation of God the Father. Isn't that wonderful? See, that we can build our life on. We can build our life on someone who is the exact representation of God. In fact, John, who was one of his closest mates, writes this about Jesus. The Word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came full of grace and truth. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What would one of your closest mates say about you? One of his says he came full of truth. Everything he says is just true. And remember, truth is accuracy of representation. And that leads to knowledge and trust. And that's why I think it's worth following Jesus. Jesus says, follow me. Why would he follow him? Well, look at the way of his life. Look at the way that he lived. Look at the way that he displayed love. To me, he, he lived the most beautiful life on earth. And I want to live that way. The way of love. And why do I follow Jesus? It's because he's also the truth. He came to testify to the truth. In a world where truth is getting very blurry, even in our universities, truth is being debated. It's being very blurry. What is true for you is true for you. What is true for you is true for you. That's, that's just not right. There can only be one truth. You either have petrol in your tank or you don't. So what is truth? Accuracy or representation? Do you want to build your life on truth? Or on something that sounds close to the truth but maybe is more palatable? Are you on the side of truth? I invite you to explore Jesus even further and to keep building your life on his truth which will lead to freedom. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you for leaving your heavenly kingdom and being born as a baby and raised in this world and living a life that we can look at and be inspired by. 
We thank you that you came to testify to the truth. In fact, 25 times in the New Testament, you say, I tell you the truth. And then you go on to tell us the truth. Jesus, we've never met anyone like that. Who not only communicates the truth, but lives the truth and is the truth. Because you are the exact representation of your Father in heaven. And so we thank you, Jesus, that we can look to you for truth and that we can build our life on your teaching. And as we hold on to your teaching and live out your teaching, then that truth will set us free. Free to truly live. Free to, to be making great decisions about life and what's important and what's not, about reality, about how things really work in this world and in our life and in our relationships, in eternity, in your kingdom. We, want to, we don't want to build our life on falsehood. We don't want to end up being in the, on the wrong lane of life and facing it head on because we've just, we've just chosen to follow our own truth rather than your truth, the truth. So Jesus, keep teaching us. Help us to, to keep reading your words. And may you keep sowing them into our life and may we convert your truth into knowledge about how to live life well so that we can be wise and build our life on something that we can count on, which is you. And we also thank you for these elements before us, these elements that remind us of the great ransom that you gave in your life. We thank you for giving your life for us so that we might enter into this relationship with you, so that we might follow you for all of eternity. And as we have this bread and this cup, Lord Jesus, we just want to remind ourselves that you came to testify to the truth, that you want all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth. In your name we pray. Amen.